When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this week's preview, podcast Levider joins me to discuss Newcastle United's trip to Southampton and what is a must-win game for the Magpies. Who will play for Newcastle United? Is there increased pressure on Rafael Benitez? And much, much more. I'm Andrew Musgrove and this is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove today joined by Lee Ryder. And Newcastle United travel down to Southampton on Saturday and in what is a we'll see is a must must win game for Newcastle United really bottom of the Premier League, winless. Is it a club and turmoil, Lee? I think it's not quite at that stage just yet. Uh you look at, you know, what's what's gone on in the nine games previously, uh, it's been pretty messy on the pitch. Uh off the field there's the big issues with you know, Newcastle should have given Rafa Benitez a new a new contract. They didn't do it. They didn't sort of bow to his requests in the summer. You know, now they are saying behind the scenes that there has been backing. But unfortunately, you know, here we are going into a, you know, game 10, really struggling. And, you know, they've got to get something at Southampton. And we've been saying that every week, you know, I mean, we just repeat ourselves every time. And, uh, you know, what what is the answer? You know, change manager. That's not what the fans want, you know. The club seemed to be sticking with Rafa. It would be, as I wrote my column, I said they'd have a, a nerve to do that because they're the ones who didn't back him. So it's just problems everywhere. Some good news on the pitch. Um, Slam Rondon back in training yesterday. Mm-hmm. Kieran Clark back in training. Uh, Rondon is likely to face a, a late fitness test, but mm-hmm. I suppose just having him back within the group training in what looked like a, a full-on uh, training match so obviously it's going to be a bit physical. I mean, just having his presence there is going to be a massive boost to the whole squad. Yeah, I mean, how how much of a part he will play in the game, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, at the start of the week, it wasn't looking too good and then things have stepped up. Maybe he feels um, some personal responsibility for the state Newcastle are in. You know, it's certainly not his fault, but he's the man who's paid to score goals. Newcastle need to get him up and running. And uh, it would be a huge plus for to see him even on the bench at the weekend. Uh, We'll find out more at the press conference, but you know, you you kind of go from no minutes to a full ninety. So I, you kind of half expect to see him on the bench at the weekend, but we'll wait and see. No, most certainly, fingers crossed. Um, elsewhere, you would you expect Newcastle to kind of set up in the same, uh, the same way they've been doing for the past few weeks? Because against Brighton, we saw in many ways it worked. Obviously, they didn't have the big man up front, which meant the crosses that they were putting putting in uh, came to nothing. But for large parts against Brighton, the setup did work. Um, does Benitez go with the same the same forward too? I mean, when you look at that performance, and it it was by far not the worst performance of the season. It's not one of the worst. You know, you've seen a lot worse games than that yourself. To have twenty seven goal attempts, I know only six of them were on target, but to have twenty seven goal attempts, um, it, it's a decent effort. Obviously, you've got to convert some of them. Some of them chances. Um, there's a lot being said about Iosi Perez. Will he continue in the team? Um, there are, you know, other options. He, he can, 
you know, potentially bring people like Hostler in. He could put another midfielder in, you know, could Sean Longstaff do a, a job breaking forward from midfield? Uh, it's certainly a possibility. Isaac Hayden scored in this fixture last season. There are other options. Um, you could, they can be more dynamic if they want to. Uh, Rondon obviously would be a key key figure in this one um, if if he can get some minutes under his belt. But um, I don't think there's a lot wrong with Newcastle in the last two matches. You know, Man United and put themselves in a great position to get something out of the game end up with nothing somehow. Brighton, all that pressure, end up with nothing somehow. So I don't think they're playing badly. Obviously, it's about results. Um, and Rafa Benitez really needs one at the moment. You mentioned Sean Longstaff there, obviously. Carl Roberts is another youngster who's really catching the eye. Uh, yeah. Rafa Benitez spoke about the two. Um, can you see them coming in on Saturday or do you think it's still a bit too early for both of them? I think Sean Longstaff maybe. In and, in and around it. Um, reserves have got a game on Friday night against Middlesbrough. So, you know, the, you'll learn a lot more on Friday night in terms of how much, if them, if both of them are involved. Uh, Cal Roberts, I, I can't see him being involved at Southampton, so he'll probably be playing against Borough and Longstaff might be on the bench. We had the discussion on the podcast earlier in the week about giving the youngsters to go. Mm. Um you and Chris both point out that Benitez isn't the sort of manager to do that. Benitez then obviously came out and said similar that it was maybe a bit too soon. He wouldn't be turning to these youngsters to to, to save the day, as it were. Uh, but there's a lot of call for it on on social media. Obviously, we know uh, the Twitter sphere. Obviously, you know they're not Rafa Benitez. Rafa Benitez is an experienced Champions League w- winner. But mm. I mean, if this form continues, um. Could you see the case for the likes of Sorison, uh, Longstaff, and Robert becoming stronger? You know, it's it's a it's an interesting one. I mean, Twitter. Um, I think we we are learning now that it, it's not representative of of how everybody feels. You know, how much of a percentage is worthy of going back to Twitter? I I don't know. Um, experienced managers generally don't throw kids in the team um, unless they're absolutely outstanding. So, mentioned someone like Wayne Rooney at Everton um, in in the last podcast. Man United famously with uh, the likes of Scholes and Beckham under Fergie. You don't win anything with kids, that that sort of thing. Obviously, they did win a lot with kids to our detriment at Newcastle. So, it's hard to throw them in unless you, you absolutely know. And it's the, that's the key for a manager, that they actually know they're going to be brilliant. Or, if they go in and they're not so good then it can affect the career. And you look at someone like Adam Armstrong, he was thrown in at the deep end when Newcastle was struggling a few years ago. Um, would he have been... I mean, he, to be fair to Adam Armstrong, he went out and he did everything right, didn't he? He went out on loan, scored goals, um, but did get him thrown in at the deep end for his debut. Did it pay off for him at Newcastle? It doesn't seem to have. So throwing them in too early can be um, a bit of a poison chalice. So uh, the the team wise on on Saturday, do you think it will be likely to be probably the same eleven if Rondon is fit? You you may see him coming in for for maybe Iosi Perez rather than than Mudo. It's, it's possible, but it's it's very difficult to uh, predict Rafa Benitez as his team. He's he's in the last few weeks, yes, um, he's kind of had limited options, hasn't he? So. In the championship, he he was surprising us all the time, wasn't he? When he was making five or six changes every other game, uh, and and that was interesting. But I think at the minute, he, it's that core group that he, he needs to 
kind of almost stick with um, and, and get them to, to really carve that result out. That's crossed. Um, on to Southampton, they're a team in desperate need of a win as well. They have six points on the board already, but Mark Hughes um, has, I think, one of the worst points um, average of any Southampton manager. I think there's only one manager um, who's got a worst points gathering than him. He's just held his, his press conference there. You know, it's Southampton are quite an interesting side. You know, they're famed for their academy, the players they bring bring through. But they've also got quite a few good players, um, you know, in the in the team, and they've spent money. Yep. And yet, they seem to be kind of in the same position Newcastle are, always fighting against relegation. Obviously, Newcastle finished tenth, but for large parts of last season, they were fighting relegation. Um, can Newcastle beat Southampton? Well, I've predicted them to get a win, actually. So uh, I've just got a feeling that Newcastle going down there, potentially playing counter-attacking football, getting a lead and hanging on to it, they, they would probably be capable of doing that away at Southampton. I wonder if Rafa Benitez may feel that he should have perhaps invited Brighton on a little bit more to James Park and almost played that one like an away game just to get the win. Uh, well, that one's gone now. So, can they win down there? Yeah, they've got a good chance. Southampton are really struggling at the minute as well. Uh, haven't had a home win since April. I know Newcastle haven't won a game themselves since May. But, you know, this is an opportunity. Southampton have got some big cracks to expose in the defence. So, hopefully this is the, the, the finally the turning point of the season for Newcastle. But Southampton have got some very good players. I mean, Nathan Redmond... Um, is one of them. They've got Bertrand, full-back, um, a couple of imposing centre-backs, but I suppose the main man is is Danny Ings, a man that Newcastle tried to sign, um, not just in the summer, but in last January as well. You know, A man who is, when fully fit, is is a, a very deadly yeah. striker. Um, I'm not sell- terrified by any of them names, to be totally honest. You're I mean, not? No, I mean, looking at Man City... And Arsenal and Chelsea, some of the teams we play, when you look at their team sheets, they are a lot more intimidating than than the ones you've just mentioned. Danny Ings, yeah, on his day when he's fully fit, you know, he can be a threat. But you'd think Newcastle, you know, if they really get that, if they can get their act together, I'd tell them and show the solidity, um, show the togetherness, then I think they've got a good chance of, uh, of beating the Saints. Fingers crossed. And your score prediction then for Saturday? Yeah, I think it'll be a narrow one. So I'm actually going to go for a 1-0 win for Newcastle. I think the misery for Southampton will continue. Um, Newcastle, if they can get that goal, then, you know, back to the wall. Hopefully they can get a hard-fought away win. You know, win, that would be only uh, Southampton's second defeat to Newcastle in 18 yeah. Premier League home games. I'm more intimidated by the history than, than, <laughs> the, than the team sheet, by the way. Uh I think yeah, it's, it's and the, and the travel down, I guess as well. Yeah, it's it's all it's always been a nightmare going to Southampton for some reason. I think uh, don't know, maybe it's the was it was it last year you had to get a taxi from King's Cross. That's right. Yeah, we got the, the train uh, had a, a fault with the wheel just outside of York, and we were stranded for a couple of hours, and then we had to jump in a taxi. It was an Uber cab outside um, King's Cross, and he he, he just got over there. Uh, and we walked in as the game was kicking off, so we got there on time. But it was uh, it was tight. And a point was that was the final point, result. Point that day, they should have got more. Uh, I think they, they conceded a, a, a penalty that they didn't need to. I think the Le, Lejeune jumped in on a challenge and didn't need to do it. So they got a point that day. 
many would say this time around a point would be a decent result, but they might just need a little bit more than that. I suppose on the road they've looked, you know, they've collected their only two points on the road against Cardiff. Should have been three of Kennedy. Apparently, where Palace, they were probably a bit more lucky to to come out of that game. I think Palace were arguably the better side by quite a stretch. Yeah. Um, but on the road, backed by I think it's more than two thousand Newcastle United fans, if not a bit more than that. You know, it's they do seem a little bit more. It's well, it's going to sound daft, but at home on the road. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think they've they've looked at times more comfortable uh, away from home. I think it's one of them where if you make a mistake away from home, sometimes you can get away with it. You know, at home this season, Newcastle have they've done okay in in a lot of the games really, but I think. The, the away fans, especially a game as, as intense as this one, will be a benefit because you know the togetherness on an away day is there for all to see, and um, I think the as always the away fans will be right behind the players. We expect Mike Ashley to be there again. He's been at the last few games. It looks like it's going to be a common a common theme. Yeah, I think he's certainly you know made his presence felt again in the last four games. Uh, he, Southampton's a match in the past where he's turned up as well. It's probably an easier one for him, a home game almost, with him being, you know, living down further down south than than everyone else. So for me, it doesn't make that much difference. To be honest, he knows he, he surely knows how the fans feel about him at the moment. Um, they want to see money put in, you know, in January. So it's up to him to it's up to him to respond, isn't it? And just to. <coughs> really ask the question that if Newcastle do lose on Saturday, yeah, you then got uh, Watford, who are who are punching well above the weight. They're flying high, good good bit of, good bit of early season form, and then Bournemouth, who, are, who again I think they're fourth, uh, no fifth or sixth. Yeah, um, they're, doing all, they're doing all right. Aren't yeah, they? so I mean, this is a game that if Newcastle don't win, they go up against two um, surprise teams in the early season and, and, and arguably two teams that you, you can't really see them beating given the run of form given the confidence and then well, this is meant to be the easier run of fixtures yeah, we're talking about you know exactly. so you know it's it's unthinkable if do you, do you think that Benitez is looking at it game by game or do you think he sees Southampton saying right they are uh, four points above us they're in a bad run of form themselves and then we've got Watford and Bournemouth are doing alright doing quite well and he's he's looking at it is it kind of a tree of games? This is the game that we have to win. Then we go in against Watford and Bournemouth and say, a point here or there, fair enough, four points on three yeah. games. Brilliant. Or do you think he's playing a game by game? We you know, we win against Watford, forget it, whatever yeah. happens. Then we go against, um, so we win against Southampton, forget it, go against Watford and, you know, treats everything separately. He, well, he can only prepare for one game at a time um, in his head. You know, he, he might think this, cl- you know, we're all thinking it. We're all we're all thinking if Newcastle don't win any of the next three games, what what is the outcome? You know what what happens? You know do you, do you then you know twelve games in the season with two points on the board? What do you do? You know it's it's like there will be you know pundits saying things. There'll be you know some fans will will change the the mind on on the manager. There's so many different things that can that can happen if if Newcastle don't start winning soon so it's a it's a serious situation and just finally uh, and you spoke to Jamal LaSalle after the game on Saturday and you asked him 
about uh, the Southampton game, I think it was under Benitez, when Southampton won 3-1, if I'm not mistaken, with the score. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, Daryl Yama took his frustrations out on a door. Yeah. Um, and for Philicelles, personally, that was a kind of a turning point for him. Um, he said he's he said he's not really kind of thinking about that. But Benitez has gone down there before. He's seen the worst of Newcastle down there before. Um do you think certain players will be looking back? I mean, obviously Sales is, is the main one there, but do you think that that experience might be playing on Benitez's mind a bit? Potentially, yeah. I think what Lascelles, it was a fair answer what Lascelles said because the dressing room has changed a lot since then. I think certain players who had the mind on the next move were called out on, on that particular day. Uh, Jan Matt, you know, was one of the players. I mean, if you remember that one, he got injured in one challenge. Then he kind of stopped running and gave up as Southampton scored another goal. Then he ended up coming off. Then he ended up leaving the stadium with his arm in a sling. So it was like, how did you manage that again? You injured your leg and now you've got your arm in a sling. And as it turned out, he uh, he punched the dressing room wall, which was either we covered where we were the ones to break that story because we got an insider's account of what happened in the dressing room. So it was it was pretty bad that day down there. Um, there's been other nightmares as well. Can you remember the, there was a couple of 4 nils. Uh I think one game where it got scrutinised on Monday Night Football where Jamie Carragher pointed out the fact that when Southampton were on the break, I think um, Colaccini, Yanger and Beer and Hidara all had their hands on the hips and they'd almost given up uh, as, as Southampton broke. So the, there was there was that afternoon as well. Um I think that might have been the same day where Pardew didn't turn up for his press conference afterwards. There was just an empty chair in the room. So there's been there's been so many nightmares down there and you just hope that this isn't more of the same, but hopefully they'll look and turn. I suppose just to wrap up, the plus is, is that, that today's dressing room, today's team, still yeah. very unified, still together. I mean, that's been the buzzword all this week, dummy, yeah. the army, and we've all kind of said it, you know, we're sticking together and that's the key. Um, and I suppose, I mean, you, you've been around the players home and away. It's not just words, is it? It's it's it, it's a it's a genuine feeling that you know everyone is together. It's just not been our well, how many our three months, shall we say, yet? Yeah, I think you know after many years of interviewing footballers, you know, you know when players mean it or not. And I, I think at the minute these aren't just empty words, as you say, they are genuinely trying to put it right I think they do genuinely feel a bit of guilt over what's happening to Rafa because um, then they you know Rafa was there to pick up the pieces when they got relegated um, you know some some people cynical people will say Rafa was on who took them down but I don't think he can be blamed for that particular relegation he almost got out of it but he got them back and he got them in the 10th place you know and suddenly the players were getting you know Lascelles and Shelby were getting spoken about with England players again you know, he picked the team up and the club up when it was on its knees. So I think, you know, I, I said it a while back now. I, I said um, that Rafa should should have been, let's get this right, should be above criticism because of what he achieved last season. Um, he deserved to have some slack cut. Uh, you know, obviously games haven't, you know, results haven't worked out for him. So, you know, nine games in without a win, you know, the the criticism will get louder um, from certain, you know, 
parties will will have a Gordon pundits people like that so it's now up to him to to get those results um I think we've done a poll didn't we in the week and 86 percent the fans want want him to remain in his job um so it, it's a tough situation but you know you just hope that he, he can he can get that result and the, the patience pays off fingers crossed well thank you very much for joining us it's been the everything is black and white podcast brought to you in association with eToro. If you head to chroniclelive.co.uk, you can keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.